Happiness is within the reach of everyone, rich or poor. Yet comparatively few people are happy. I believe the reason for this is that the majority don't recognize happiness even when it is within their grasp. Lord Robert Baden-Powell. My name is Thandor and I enjoy walking in the woods. I'm Fezzik and I love wandering the world. And then if we find orcs, great, we'll get done. Yeah. Well, I am Corin, a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. They, they see a halfling. It's just, you know, a little over three feet tall. Welcome to Leaders and Legacies, a D&D 5e podcast. Join me, DM Dave, Chris, Seth, Rachel, and our newest cast member, George as we explore Wayas Love. Our Leaders and Legacy family is not only passionate about tabletop games, but we are also volunteers with the Boy Scouts of America. Grab some napkins, because it's time for Cinnamon Mini Bun. Um, I'm Dave Rockwell. I'm the DM for uh, our game of Leaders and Legacies. You know, I'll let the cast introduce themselves. Hi, I'm um, Rachel. I play Fezzik, and I am a Cub Master and future day camp director. I'm Seth Lowe. I'm an assistant Cub Master for PAC 1683. Good evening, everyone. I'm Chris Cooper. I play Thandor, or as we call him in the game, Tornado, and I am a district commissioner. I'll keep it short in the interest of making sure this stays under one gig of recording time. (laughs) Uh, I'm George Koskin, and I'm finishing up a term on the National Committee for Boy Scouts of America, and I currently sit in National Cabinet Council as one of the Assistant Council Commissioners, and at least seven other jobs. And once again, I'm your Dungeon Master, Dave Rockwell. I'm an Assistant Council Commissioner and Scoutmaster for Troop 1570. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating. It's now time to just roll with it. You guys did not head far back enough north to meet up with uh, Randy and his brother. Uh, Anton and Randy Haberfield. Yeah, Ant- Anton and Randy, that's right, yeah. You have not made your way far enough north back, so they, they aren't around. There's no surprise visitors this morning with breakfast. There's only berries, some water, and I guess if somebody would like to try to make coffee, uh, roll me a performance check on cooking you know, some coffee. I'm gonna try. Okay. <laughs> you did so well last time. Uh, I got an eight. Eight, all right. <laughs> It's passable. Not great, but passable. Uh, unfortunately, I think you wake up to the smell of burning coffee again, Fezzik. <laughs> you are getting better. You are getting better at this coffee making thing. I, I, I will figure it out. Yeah, I guess as you guys kind of finish breakfast, Marcus says, uh, I will depart. We are this close to the stream. I will follow it towards, uh, back towards the mountains. Yeah, gives each of you a very uncomfortable hug. <laughs> who gets a hug from an orc? <laughs> he bids you adieu and says, I will find you soon, my friends. As he's getting ready to hug Fezzik, um, Fezzik finds that his uh, dagger is no longer in its sheath and Corin is just holding it to the side, like three feet off to the left of Fezzik. 
Once he's done the hug, he hands the dagger back to Fesic. <laughs> Travel safely. I hope that we will meet again under better circumstances again, and hopefully we will be able to find these other, these other groves. He's like, I will be back with my people soon. May you find a safe path, my friend. Thankfully, the mountains tell me where they are on their own. Yeah, yeah, go for the big, big rock that you see in the sky. Yes, yeah, home is easy. Finding this place is hard. And yeah, I will contemplate what all of that means as I travel. As I said, hopefully we'll meet again under better circumstances. Go under George's blessing, my friend. Sansua's blessings upon you all as well. Pauses for a second. Any chance you have an extra blanket? You can have my blanket. He says thank you. He's like, I, I do not know how long I will be traveling before I will be able to find another one. I was going to say, but mine was barely a scarf. <laughs> so... As, as as Marcus is leaving, I kind of lean in Fezzik's direction. So we think the cinnamon buns are about two hours north, right? If we were walking. I got this covered. Wild shape, draft horse. How good are you guys at riding? I go, <laughs> I take on like a Clydesdale form. <laughs> you two climb on you know, Corin, <laughs> I assume to ride. I, I don't like this horse at all. I don't think he can drive. I, I I would rather walk at this point. We need a saddle or something. I don't I don't know what kind of creature he turned himself into. This is absolutely miserable right now. I don't know what you're talking about. This is fun. Look, it's a cute little shaggy pony. Look at all this hair up here. It kind of itches my face a little bit, but that's okay. He's so cute. Normal, normally, there's a rhythm when, to when they run. Ta 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 ta. This is ta ta boo ta 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 boo ta 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 boo. I I think I just got to get off this thing. I just don't think I can be on it anymore. Can you get it to stop? I horse, slow down. first time like changing into something big give him a break all right quorum buddy slow down we got it this is just i don't know how we're gonna do a couple hours of this i just have zero this is horrible yeah roll a um, a performance or persuasion check whichever you're stronger at to see how good you were at convincing corn to slow down <laughs> no, i rolled a natural one <laughs> You got a one? <laughs> I rolled a 19, though. I'm the one talking to him. <laughs> I didn't call him a horse. <laughs> he has a name. Okay. So, yeah, with a 19, hey, how, how does he slow down? <laughs> uh, pretty abruptly. <laughs> okay. He's not graceful. <laughs> All right, yeah. Fandor, roll, yeah, roll uh, um, athletics or acrobatics, whichever better, at, to see if you can stay on <laughs> because he stopped so short. And you I rolled... Back. 19 plus 4, 23. Okay, so... 22. Um, yeah, do you want to use such a, an awesome roll to maybe do a cool dismount? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> so, I'm holding on to that shaggy mane of his, and I get up my little feet, and I put my hands out like a vaulter for a second, because we, this is fun. <laughs> and then I jump from his back, I tuck and roll, and land on my feet. Ta -da! 
Awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, Milo, you rolled pretty good too. Do you want to dismount in any fun way? Pandora is just going to crawl off. <laughs> yeah, George, I'm afraid I can't read it. <laughs> A 10. I'm being typical Soviet judge. I'm giving 10. Oh, 10. I got <laughs> All right, yes, yeah. You need to tell that horse to turn back in to his normal self because I can't get back on that thing. All right, Corin, we're going to walk from here on out so you can change back and take your rest. Okay, yeah. He kind of shakes his head and looks like he's trying to change back. He goes, nay! Oh, wow. All right, dad jokes and mom jokes now. Hey, hey, we're putting some spark in it. Pizzazz, right? <laughs> Spot the Cub Master. <laughs> That's right, Dan. That is absolutely the Cub Master joke. That, that ride was an absolute nightmare. Nightmare. Uh, so, yeah, Corn, you kind of see him starting to kind of struggle as if he's still trying to change back. And I don't know if if horses actually have tear ducts. I would assume they do. Um, you, you kind of see his eyes starting to water, like he's getting very frustrated and almost panicked. Don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. Just take a deep breath. Maybe this will work out. If anything, it, it's okay if you stay like this for a little bit. It's all right. We'll we'll figure it out later. You can still walk with the rest of us. And God shaking his head, yes, but, you know, he wants to continue because I think all of you were looking forward to trying to see if you could find Aunt Haberfeld again, you know, or at least his brother Randy, you know, whip you up some cinnamon mini bun, supposedly. And you could still totally eat those cinnamon buns. Nothing wrong with that, it's sugar. So you were all persuasion. 19. 19, okay, yeah, he starts to calm down realizing that he's among friends and he's typically the you know the type that you know is comforted by his friends being nearby and he, he trusts you you guys to take him forward through uh, the path ahead so how do you want to proceed now that you're on foot let's continue to walk the same way in the same direction so thandor this is on you we're walking because of you what are we doing we are okay so you're going to continue north it's, it's uh you know, fairly open woods, you know, heading back towards the, you know, the valley where there's the open plains. About how much distance did we cover while we were on horseback galloping around? Yeah, what is the average speed for a horse <laughs> through kind of, I guess, medium cover? Let's, let's say for argument's sake, they probably covered anywhere from two to five miles in, in that hour. Okay, based on that speed, say it's probably towards the low end because it is fairly heavy cover. You know you're looking for, for Anton. You may remember that he told you that, you know, if you wanted to be found, you should make a ruckus. I think we made a ruckus from that horse galloping. Anybody could hear that thing. And tornadoes screaming. I'm never riding a horse again. And it, I've ridden donkeys that ride better than that. It's, it's not hit. Maybe it's because I'm a big dwarf. I don't know. But... I, we got to work on that. Maybe get a saddle, something, but never like that again. It's not your fault, Cord. It's probably mine. I'm not made to ride horses. If I had an apple, I would give it to you, my friend, but you got to turn back in. I can't keep looking at you like this all day. He tries really hard again to transform, and you can kind of see him getting a little agitated again, so he gives up. 
And if a horse could slowly do controlled breathing, they're meditating, you see him kind of trying to do that. This new body is unfamiliar to him, so he's, he's putting all of his efforts to not freak out that he's stuck in this form. Maybe you just need to rest, Corin. Like, maybe that was just, like, all that running was just too much, and now you're just tired. So maybe you just need to rest and relax, and we'll, we'll just keep walking and doing our thing, and then maybe when you're feeling better, we can try again. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he kind of seems to seems to agree with that, and he kind of looks to you guys to, for what's next. That's fine. Okay, Thandor, are you going to be out front? I will. Okay. So just describe the path ahead. It's yeah, the trees are getting thinner. You're probably getting back in out to the plains again. You know that Anton and his family were heading north, and uh, yeah, they were trying to get their sheep across the the valley here. Yeah, are you going to you know, do anything to try to find them? I will start whistling a friendly little tune. Hi ho, hi ho. So yeah, you're you're whistling any particular tune? Just randomness. Just randomness. Okay, George. Yeah, roll perception to see if you hear this whistling. I'm on the slow computer tonight, so 15. Okay, yeah, with a 15, you'd probably be able to hear you know, a little bit to the south, a little bit to the east. Based on what you and I discussed previous to this, um, you know, describe what you're doing in the woods and you know how how you know hearing this whistling, you would respond to that based on what you know about your current situation. At standing in the middle of a large flotilla of sheep, trying to make it clear across the valley. Uh, I suddenly hear the sounds off behind and to the west of me and wonder if once again one of my children has gotten us into trouble. Uh, I immediately uh, blast a sharp toot on my whistle and all the sheep drop in place. So it gives me a clear view of the valley around me and behind me. I can see all the enemies and they affect me and my sheep, which is convenient because being a halfling, the sheep are as tall as I am. Uh, you got your sheep down, you're listening for maybe more. You know, Thander, are you continuing to whistle where you are? I'm gonna continue to whistle and walk. Okay, so yeah, you hear, you hear this, George, and now that you've got control of the situation at your end, what are you gonna do? Well. Since I now have an idea where the where the where the whistling is coming from behind from behind me again, it goes back to the question: which one of my children's in trouble now, and what am I going to do about it? With with the sheep still in there in a rest position on the ground, I I give two sharp toots on the whistle, and from towards the back of the pack, my border colleague comes running around and snaps up to me, and I look I I look down at her and go gather and she picks up and she circles around the herd that's around me and tightens up the formation as best as as best as she can and then i look up and off in the distance i kind of sense movement towards my south and west but they don't appear to be animal from this distance from this distance then again i can't really see the horse from here yeah is any um, of your family around right now that you would think they would be nearby well I'm doing the mental countdown of all, of everybody there. I, I know I know that Shelby's back at the house and Randy is uh, pulling together second breakfast for us right now. Really, Ann and Garrick are probably uh, opening up the opening up the barn to make sure that the the, the shearing stations are set up. 
you know, Max and X, God knows where they could be. They're probably the ones giving me trouble here. And uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, shoot. I hadn't heard from Anton all morning yet. Oh God, it's probably Anton. Oh, 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 that boy's gonna drive me to trip. And it's not even second breakfast yet. All right. Uh, as I'm standing here kind of figuring out which one of them, you know, which one of the kids are causing problems, I figure it's gotta be the three youngest ones. With the strangers approaching, what are you gonna do? I take a quick assessment. And at this point, I see that you, I'm surrounded by sheep. I've got the border colony nearby. I, and I think I could take anybody's coming up in such an open approach as this. I'm not really worried about defending myself. It's defending the sheep. And I can make them scatter run if I had to. I'm, I'm not seeing anybody that looks like a, that looks like they're trying to steal my herd. And it looks like they're heading for natural predators. So I'm basically going to be charming. Okay. So are you going to try to flag them over or, you know, just kind of hope they continue to approach? Uh, I basically get, I'll, I'll pull down my quarter staff, which I also use as my shepherd's crook, and I tie a little red bandana to the top of it. And I hoist it up, of course, the, the, the quarter staff being typical human size is like three times my size. But so I'm basically you, you, off in the distance and they will see this dancing flagpole waving. And Good morrow. As you're walking, Thandor and Fezzik, go ahead and roll perception to see if you see this flag kind of pop up. 24. Okay, yeah, you, you see it. <laughs> yeah, how, yeah, Fezzik, did you see it as well, or yeah, do you need him to tell you? 12. You see him react and that kind of guide you over <laughs> to you know, his line of sight, so you see it after he sees it. There's a flag over there. I say we go investigate. Sure. Hail, friend, waving the flag. Gamora, you and yours. Welcome to the, welcome to the valley. You look familiar. I don't know how I know you, but you look awfully familiar. I get that comment a lot. No, there's something about you. I don't know what it is, but it'll come to me soon. Okay. How are you this morning? I'm well. I mean, we're looking to looking to pull the sheep in and get ready to bring some bring some of the wool into harvest and. If the weather holds, I should be done by the end of the day for some feasting and celebrating. I hope I hope Jord brings you great weather. Thank you. I I I, I pray that I pray that Jord does. Are you a follower of Jord? I, I respect Jord, and I respect all all the gods who bring us fair weather and make sure that we are filled with light, happiness, and love. Yes, that is what Jord Jord is. I am glad that you recognize her. Can I say a blessing on you and your sheep? I'd be honored. Um, I basically, I, I, I give one sharp toot on my whistle and the border collie stops what she's doing to get in a proper, proper position of reverence. I, I drop to one knee and I basically hold my hands like, okay. Oh, George, there are people in the world who possibly would starve to death if it were not for the sheep as a food source. Please bless them. In George's name, we thank you, amen. Uh, uh, I get up to, no, it's all right. Uh, one, one, one long, one short blow on the whistle and the collie you know, 
goes around the herd and by her little almost, you know, anti-clockwise movement, starts moving the herd through the valley as I'm starting to talk to these nice people. The sheep are literally parting around me and as they can now see that uh, they, they see a halfling. It's just, you know, a little over three feet tall, uh, dressed in immaculate, uh, immaculate leather armor that if you look one way it's it's black and gray and you turn the other it's kind of green gray it's almost how the light angle hit it so you figure this is someone who maybe in some sense knows how to make themselves uh, fade from view if they need to um, i have i have a I have a large quarter staff which i have the red flag tied on top that you saw to attract attention of course the staff at this point is you know, easily three times my size, uh, but I clearly know how to handle it with no problem whatsoever. A cape covering what you have to assume might be ways of protecting oneself. But as he's talking to you, holding a staff in one hand, he reaches out a bag for the other, goes, uh, it's nearing second breakfast. May I offer you something? That would be great. I open the bag up and I pull out some nice, large uh, red and green apples. I immediately walk over to the horse and I you know, the court, the horse, you know, is at the, the farthest end of my reach, but I managed to just gently stroke the horse's nose and offer up an apple. Sure. Yeah, it eats it. <laughs> All right. Um, and then I, you know, discreetly wipe my hands so that way then I'm not getting horse slobber on the apples I'm offering you. I am a gracious host, if nothing else. Um, Thank so, you very much. You're quite welcome. How long are you going to be in the valley? We're, we're looking for a friend on our way back to the Misty Woods. Ah, okay. You have some distance to go, but you, you know, barring the unforeseen, you should be relatively safe. Uh, go ahead okay. and roll perception, everybody. Five. La di da. <laughs> 21. 22. <laughs> All right. These are, yeah. these are great so, apples. Yeah, yeah, Fezzik, you're enjoying great apples when you hear, hey, Dad, you met my friend. I offer one of these long, drawn-out, what-do-my-son-do-now breaths. As you turn to look towards the uh, the sound of the voice, you immediately all recognize Anton. He is shirtless, and you know he's got the, the battle axe strapped across his back and wearing some sort of, you know, like short, short, tight barbarian shorts, completely inappropriate for herding. <laughs> um, he, you know, he, he got his hands on his hips, like, you know, like doing a superhero type pose. And he's like, yeah, these are the folks I was telling you were gonna give us two silvers, dad. For what? Remember they offered if we could make them breakfast, they'd give everybody two silvers. In that most perplexed look that only a parent could have with a child that's battling utter nonsense, I, I, I look, I look at him, and I look at our guests, and yeah, and and I say, hospitality shouldn't be charged an outrageous sum of two silvers. Yeah, but they wanted me to get mom and have her bake for them. I offered Randy instead. We heard about the really awesome cinnamon rolls, and so we offered to pay for some if we could have breakfast. I look over and just curious to see if my son's nose starts to grow at all. Roll perception. Well, we're on a roll now, and 20. 
with your 20, you know this is him going into tall tale mode that, you know, he makes up these fantastic adventures. For, you know, a, a young halfling, he still got a very vivid imagination. So he's you know, taken this memory of being offered two coppers to bring breakfast by and turned it into this whole story. And leadership on, we'll be up with you in a moment. Since you're his father, have you trusted him with a whistle yet? No, I trust the border collie more than I trust Anton at this point. And and I blo I bet I give I give I give another long and short. I look at her and I go, gather. And I point towards, you know, in the direction where our farm set is going to be. And basically I'm asking the dog to lead the sheep and making and making the dog keep an eye on Anton in the middle of the middle of the herd of sheep. So they all get to the same place, ideally at the same time. I give them 30 seconds to travel further down the road. And I look and I say, I'm sorry. He's a headstrong young youth. Still yet to see the way the world really is. Yeah, and so yeah, as he's walking off with the dog, you hear, that's right, we're gonna lead him down this way. And yeah, we're gonna get him and go over the next hill. We'll get up with the family. You got it, girl. I know you can, you, you, yeah, you got it. I, yeah, I trust you to follow my commands. That whistle nonsense dad does is uh, exactly the reason that people don't talk to each other anymore. And, you know, it kind of fades off as he gets further and further away. But he's steady talking to the dog, who is probably ignoring him and sticking to the commands if she was given uh, by your whistle. He meant well, friend. He did mean well. Well, uh, nonetheless, I, I, I graciously offer the hospitality that my son failed to express in the most generous terms possible. Please join us for second breakfast and follow me. And we then proceed uh, following, following the herd. Uh, and it's not a big over the hill and down the river through the woods making sound. It's basically just over the rise, you'll see the farmstead there. And you'll see that the group of sheep that, that Anton is now being, you know, <laughs> being used as the, the herd to herd him into place is one of but five herds. And there are probably about 800 sheep in what is a very large set of pens. Uh, you see some other halflings off in the far distance trying to get things ready to get some sheep sheared and some sheep are getting ready to be uh, served up as lamb and mutton down the road. But that's a little too graphic for this podcast. Uh, Needless to say, it is just just remember what the just remember what the blessing was. You see Anton come running back up. He's like, uh, 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 oh, hey, I forgot to ask. Where's your work friend? He went home to his village. You didn't kill him? No, he's a friend. Oh, okay, good, because we liked him too. He had some of the, the, the cinnamon mini buds with Randy. Randy's getting ready for you to come by. That's why I came by is tell you, hurry, they're gonna coming out of the oven any minute. Well, then this is a treat you don't want to miss. And I turn and basically show them, you know, the, the gracious open door of the of the main hall, and we go, we'll we'll all go in. I look at Anton and said, wash up before you come in, son. He's like, should I put a shirt on? Your mother would appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go down to the laundry deal. I guess they've got lines that are out, you know, behind the house. You know where where he's talking right. about. Yeah. And he's like, can I keep wearing the axe? 
We generally put our weapons aside when we're having guests and we're having meals. You know where to- But I'm the rancher barbarian, Dad! When we have guests and when we're showing hospitality, we put our weapons aside. And as- I'll put a sheath on it. How about that? It half, yeah, meet me halfway. It's compromised like we talked about. When we have guests and when we're showing hospitality, put our weapons down and put them aside. And as I'm telling him this, I'm pulling out with the long bow is hidden under the cape and I'm putting it in its stand and flipping the quivers, the quiver arrows off next to it. He says, thanks dad, and takes them and runs. I can only stand and, and forgive my deep embarrassment, uh, but he's my problem, not yours. Nonetheless, there are cinnamon buns, please come follow me. And I, I walked them, I walked them through the, through the door Towards, uh, uh, towards the back in a large table where the smell of cinnamon, warming butter, sugar. May our horse come in too, or does he have to stay outside? I, I was gonna say, Corrin isn't even remembering that he's a horse. He's just trying to walk past, walk with the group. I I hesitate for about a second and a half, and I look up and catch my wife's eye, and she looks in the way that only a wife could look at a husband and go, we'll talk later. and. Uh, the, the horse, the horse, the horse is accompanied in. Um, yeah, Corin, if you would like, you can try one more time to shapeshift back into uh, human form. What have I been rolling for that? Is that a... Uh... So far, I've just been kind of rolling um, performance. <laughs> My best score, I see. Yeah, that's a five. Okay, yeah, you're stuck. <laughs> I'd say if there's... I'd say if there was a will save, I should probably do that to see if he's getting really, really angry and frustrated. Insight might be close proxy. Have knowledge of your own soul. Yeah, that's sub 10. He's starting, Corrin's starting to get pissed. Uh, he sees the cinnamon buns, he can smell them. He wants one, but he can't get them with the hooves. <laughs> yeah, so suddenly from behind you here, I'll get one for you. And you see Anton, he's got a fancy shirt off the line <laughs> that he's put on. He's abandoned the weapons and <laughs> he immediately scoops up like three or four warm buns and sticks one out for you to eat, uh, Corin. I step discreetly down the hall. I pick up the bow and arrow. Instead of putting them in the normal quiver, I locked them away. Hey, Dad, good job. Invited him in and we got him here just in time. I'll take those two coppers now, sir. My friend, the horse usually carries the money, but I will give you two coppers. A deal is a deal. I probably shouldn't take them because as Dad said, you guys are guests. And well, as you probably figured out, my house was a lot closer than you thought it was. It wasn't it. Yeah, I kind of implied that we're, you know, ranchers. We did. We kind of live here, and yeah, I was, eh, well, let's just say out playing. But I had met Marcus before, remember dad? He came by with the, yeah, the, yeah, the clerics and, and the, you know, the elf ranger. Yeah, you and that ranger got along pretty good, didn't you? Yes, we did. Yes, yes we have. We share, and we, we, we shared many stories, and we in fact have been in many places at the same time, and often, uh, when our friend was on one end of the adventure, I was at the other. So in many cases, our stories uh, mesh quite well together. And 
we are grateful for that. And as we're looking around then, as we're regaling tales, you see the rest of the children float in and out. Some of them, Max and Axe, are kind of peering around the corner because they know I'm still a little disappointed with them about a stunt they pulled the other day, but they are looking because they see guests in the house. Uh, my, order, my older daughter is helping my wife uh, sort things out. So you know, Shelby's, pull, Shelby's pulling out yet another tray of buns and uh, Rylene is pulling out the rest of second breakfast, knowing we have guests instead of our usual cold second breakfast. There are more. There are more warm goods coming through. You see some. You see some hoe cakes, um, and we happen to grate up some uh, potatoes the other day. So you have some hash, pat, hash brown patties. Orin, in a moment of frustration, is going to try and trigger a second wild shape and go into the form of like a badger or uh, like wolverine something that size with more kind of opposable hands sort of okay yeah roll performance on that nat 20. nat 20 okay yeah so yeah you're able to shape shift into a badger yeah so yeah what are you going to do now that you're you you've at least changed your shape not to what you want but to something that i, you... I don't i don't think corin's realized that he's not a human yet i think he's just going to take a sticky bun in each paw and just start shoving them in Rylene and Shelby, without missing a beat, put plates in front of him of more hoe cakes and some hash brown patties. You know, they've seen Stranger. If they haven't seen Stranger, they're not going to let it know. Not going to let you know they're to your face. Yeah, he loves your rules, Randy. Come out! There's a squirrel. Eat your 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 many your your many buns. Uh, the rest of the family at this point is sitting down. Randy, you know, Randy kind of looks sheepishly like, "Oh, thank you," and you know. Uh, but the rest of the family sitting down. We, you know, uh, can we get anybody anything to drink? I'll take a water. Hanson, you know, you can go get your own water. And I point him over to the water, the water carafe, and he'll take care of himself. Any, can we get anybody else anything? A water would be great. Thank you. It is our honor to serve. Water is wonderful. So at this point in time, you hear kind of a growl come from Corin as he's attempting to answer you um i think your squirrel wants whiskey and, at which point now <laughs> corin's realizing that his hands are actually paws and that came out as a growl not a um not an actual uh, word um, shelby gets up from her place turns around and collects what it would normally be a large salad bowl fills it with apple juice and places it uh, next to next to next to the plates of the sticky buns, the hash brown patties, and some hoe cakes. So at least if nothing else, you can, yeah, dip in. Yeah. So from across the tables, you see Anton's hand go up. We need to talk, and of course we do. Communication's a family, you know, attribute. You told us you know, that a family that talks together and resolves their problems through you know, discussion can live together forever, much like you and mom have lived together forever. That's right. But there are times where we show courtesy and kindness to ourselves and our guests and our friends when we gather together. And your behavior today has been less than exceptional. All right, I'll get waters for everybody to make up for it, but you do have to kind of forgive me. I sometimes forget I'm not a real barbarian. I will always forgive you. I will always love you for you're my son, but there are times I will be disappointed in how you behave. 
I'm disappointed in how I behave sometimes Damn too. We- I wish that I could go off adventuring with people. And yet I still am too young to even handle some of the more important equipment on the ranch. Wait, the time come. Instead, if you can, tell them that it, 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 it's part of our tribal lands. Yeah, we're a barbarian tribe, right, Dad? We're not a barbarian tribe, but we, we are a clan. And we, share, and we hold this land for as long as we can. But more importantly is when the time comes and you're old enough, you're wise enough you will take on more responsibility just like randy helps with the baking and just like your sister helps serve and serve the food and take care of the house and just like your mother and i take care of you for now go go fetch your waters you offered and let's settle down i love you i love you son okay Uh, yeah you know i care a lot right yeah, I, I reserve that word for for my one true. <laughs> he wanders off. Collect my thoughts. I sigh. I, we resume the chaos that is that is the uh, hobble-filled family with friends. The rest of you are kind of you know, being very politely passed plates by everyone. Make you know, they're kind of making sure you get food first. How, how are you all taking this in? So Corin, at this point in time, having gotten past the initial frustration of, oh my God, I can't eat the biscuit, the cinnamon buns to now I can at least eat the cinnamon buns. You know what? I don't care. I've got good food in front of me. And he just digs in. Um, he does it like when people pass plates by him, he like tries to use the claws to hold the plates or at least shove them to the next person, but then just goes straight back into whatever he's voraciously tearing apart. Okay, so as you're doing that, Anton comes, he puts a mug of water in front of you. He puts a bowl of water in front of you. And he also lays down, it looks like a water skin in front of you. He's like, I don't know what a squirrel can drink, but I thought I'd bring you options. Anton, that's very nice of you, thank you. And then he puts a water in front of everybody else as well. It's like, yeah, Daddy, should I get any cider or apple sauce or apple juice for anyone else? Uh, well, our, our friend is still finishing a bowl his mutt that your mother put in front of him. But anybody else, please speak up. Apple juice, cider. No, we appreciate the I, food. Thank I, you. Thank you, but I am stuffed. You want to see my dragon? I think your father and I have some, and us have some business to talk to you, but thank you, Anton, for all your help. All right, I'll go get it. Dragon? Yeah, that totally perks Corrin up immediately. <laughs> oh, I want to see a dragon. I've never seen one of those. <laughs> yeah, he takes off. Um, now, Stanton, you know what he's going to get. You don't need to have any fear for what he's going to show. They're there in, in the sense that when Corrin perks up for the dragon or the word dragon, like the ears go up, the tail goes stiff. And it's kind of one of those, like he doesn't know whether to like run or like fight or flight. Like, what to do, fight or flight, yeah. You know, Anton's gone and <laughs> you don't know when he's gonna be back. Come post breakfast, Corrin's gonna try and reclaim his human form again or. Okay, yeah, give us a performance check. Uh, there's a 15. 
yeah, that's good enough. You finally kind of get to that point. You're like, ah, all right. And you realize that probably what it was, was that you, you know, you were so tense and wanted to get back into human form that you know, it was actually you getting in your own way. Riley, Riley, Riley discreetly hands, uh, uh, Corin a, a, a napkin and a small finger bowl so he can clean off what was his uh, claws. And then kind of quietly like huddles behind the bowl and washes himself off. Shelby, Shelby across the table seeing all this goes, we should tell you about the time we served a whole army of dwarfs, but that's another time. Friend Staten, I have questions. You had questions? I have some questions for you, friend Staten. I did. You said you know our friend Marcus. Do you know what he was in search of? It, what little we got out of him, but we didn't really press the point, uh, was it looks like that they are on a quest to, uh, to to gather a collection of seals. And I'm, I think they said 12 seals, but it's my understanding is that, that, that while each individual seal is in, is in own way a unique and interesting item, it's when the 12 seals are gathered together that they gain significance and power. But Again, they were passing through, and we were more than happy to have them uh, ease our load and share our table. Yes, you have shown great hospitality to us, as I sure you did to them. But this is a matter of dire consequences. And we just want to warn you that we are on the same quest as well, and a great evil is coming to our lands. Okay. How um, I don't know either. We also are going to try to find these seals to see if... Oh my. We can okay. solve this issue. Both the seals, they're the angels. How can we help? I do not know yet. Yeah, do you guys want to relay any of you know, what you know, what happened with Marcus? So Corrin will swallow his uh, mount, giant mouthful of cinnamon bun. Okay, uh, so day before yesterday, we were you know camping out out in the the grassy area over there in the copse of trees. Uh, or by the cops trees and as we were there um well Fazek pointing over across the table um well he was off hunting looking for breakfast or dinner and um tornado was helping me build the, the campsite in the fire and then um as he was doing that uh Fezzik bumped into the half orc or the, the orc um who was being chased by a tree. The tree chased him and Fezzik back to our campsite um, where we ended up having to fight the tree. And then when we fought the tree, then we went back the other way and just decided to invite the, the orc in, though that we were kind of hesitant about that because we didn't know what really who he was or what to expect from him. And But we, we invited him to our campsite. We camped out for the night uh, and we took turns taking watch. I took the first watch uh, and then Fezzik took the other watches just to make sure that he didn't get into any trouble or anything. And we did we wanted to make sure that he didn't cause anything in the camp because, well, we, we were going to be asleep and that, that could be trouble. Um, so after that, uh, we woke up the next morning and um, the orc wasn't really feeling very well. And we learned his name was Marcus. We finally got a chance to talk to him. And when he came and he sat by the campfire with us, um, Tornado and I tried to make coffee for him. And I think we really upset Fezzik. I'm, I'm sorry, Fezzik. I didn't mean to upset you when we made the coffee. I know you like your coffee a special way and I don't drink coffee, but we, we tried to make coffee for him. And uh, he kind of beams with a little bit of pride there. Um, 
well, once we made, once we got done with the coffee, um, we uh, Fezzik came back with breakfast, and we all had breakfast together. And then we went out to go check out the grove that he and his friends went. And so we had been asking him questions throughout the morning, and he's mentioned something about having a ranger friend and two cleric friends that were with him. Uh, the ranger was an elf, uh, and I think the two clerics were halflings. Um, and unfortunately, when we got to the grove, it was later that day, almost nighttime. Um, we went in and we stumbled across uh, a person who was holding a prayer service in the grove, like inside the grove, not on top of it, like where you would normally see when you look through the trees, but like actually underground in the grove itself. Um, so when we went down there, I, I was just kind of feeling around and I, I don't know if you can't tell, but, uh, and by the way, I'm not talking directly at him. I'm kind of talking in his general vicinity. Um, but I don't really see very well. Okay, I don't see at all right now. When I'm in my like normal form and talk talking, I, I can't see you at all. So um, I was reaching through and I can feel some things in the ground and I actually felt what I thought was something odd. So I grabbed it and pulled it out. It turned out to be the two halflings. And so uh, Tornado decided that he wanted to actually hold a service, but I thought it would be safer if we secured kind of the area, found out what was in the area. So we did a quick kind of mock burial of them right on the right in the stairwell. But then we went further down and Fezzik found this opening. And like I said, there was that person there who's kind of holding a prayer service inside the, the grove. Well, he was inside that opening. We actually had to have Marcus help us move the rock. Well, actually, we kind of sat back and laughed because Marcus kept pushing on it when he really needed to pull. And once he pulled, the rock moved just fine. So we sat there and watched Marcus handle this for a couple of minutes. And then we went into the room. And once we were in the room, we got to meet this nice guy. And I can't remember what his name is. Thunder, do you remember what his name is? Uh, so, oh, Talgon. That's right. That's right. Talgon. He was, he was a, um, um, you know what? I have no clue what he was because I can't see. But he was kind of this, he had this loud, booming voice and you could feel this like warmth from around him. It was really kind of weird, but at the same time, it was very peaceful and relaxing. I kind of liked it. But he's told us about how all the seals were in jeopardy and that the spirit of the seals wanted us to go and find all of the other seals, but it only knew where two of them were. So we were going to go off and go look for these other two seals. And Marcus, who knew that his seal that was back in his land, he might be able to get another two seals from it. So we left the area and then we split paths. Oh, sorry, no, wait a minute, I'm, I forgot something. We actually camped that night too. I, I missed an entire camping session where we held up, we stayed. And again, I took watch, but you know what? Marcus didn't have the appropriate gear. So we shared blankets and I ended up, you know, it was far easier for me to just go into badger form, you, you know, like I just was. Um, and I just sat up on my watch as a badger and then Fezzik watched over the rest of us for the rest of the night. And as we went throughout the night, uh, this little green guy appeared out of nowhere. And um, speaking of which, I haven't seen him recently. Well, he's somewhere around here, but he's this little green kind of um, plant-like thing. And he really took a, a, a fondness to Tornado. And he was trailing him around all over. And then when we got up in the morning, Marcus decided it was probably best if we split paths to try and go in two different directions. We would go hunt down one grove while he hunted down another. So he went to one direction and well, you know, Anton invited us over for cinnamon buns. And oh my God, these things were so worth it. Oh, I love them. And totally, if you want to hook us up with some before we travel, I would love to get a few more. Um, but he told us that there would be cinnamon buns here if we got here. So I figured why not go horse form and truck on over here and see if we couldn't figure out how to get some cinnamon buns and, you know, have breakfast <laughs> with you guys. 
It's been regaling a tale here. Uh, Shelby reaches over and puts a puts a French press and some coffee in front of Fezzik for Fezzik to make coffee the way. Wow. Uh, the way he wants it. Can we uh, get one of these? No. Uh, you you may have that one with with our with our blessing. Yes. Really? Oh, you guys are amazing. Oh, I love you. Thank you. I don't know how it works, but this is so much cooler than what we have. Well, Shelby, Shelby, uh, Shelby basically takes the uh, takes the the kettle of hot water and puts it. Uh, Riley puts some puts some coffee in in the in thing, and she goes, "You want the spoon to stand up?" She pours some more coffee in. Uh, Shelby pours some hot water in and basically shows how the top of the press works, and basically pushes it down. You see the water push down and push the grounds down, everything else like this. And then, and then Riley looks and says, now this has to sit. And basically, while this is sitting there, he's regaling the rest of the story. Randy is coming in with um, what appears to be approximately four dozen cinnamon buns wrapped for travel. Um, and uh, and also next to them are some other, are some other boxes of supplies, uh, you know, uh, some bread, some cheese, some apples, uh, and coming in from the door from the back is some fresh mutton, uh, packed for travel as well. And that way, then you at least you know, you know when you leave here, then at least I know you'll get a good meal. <laughs> I hope you're hungry, Corin. <laughs> Suddenly, this dragon puppet bursts out from underneath the table, and he's like, "I am Mandor, and <laughs> the greatest dragon ever." And it's this reddish, it very nicely made puppet, but you know, clearly, Aunt, you know, is a performer. Uh, Riley looks over the group and immediately she turns and goes, "Oh my goodness, I am scared! Help me! Help me!" Okay, so um, when the puppet comes out of nowhere, um, Corin kind of goes <gasps> and immediately does. Uh, create bonfire on the puppet and like tackles Rylene off the bench to get her away from it. Okay, I need to make a dex save, is it? <laughs> um, yes. Dex 14. Uh, dex 14. So no, yeah, the puppet is on fire. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I gotta try to put the fire out. Yeah, Anton kind of appears out from under the table and it starts like beating the puppet against the table trying to put it out. He's like, eh, I can't roll, Dad. I just have to stop and draw. He grabbed the bowl of water he put in front of Corin and stick it down lower so he can shove the puppet into the bowl of water. So while this is happening, since all Corin hears is the thumping on the table going, I can't roll, I can't roll. He just grabs Rylene and starts running from the table going, Fezzik, tornado, let's go. Save as many men. Now, are you going to maintain concentration on your fire? No, no. So yeah, Anton you know, finally gets it out. And yeah, he's like, look, Dad, my dragon breathes fire! Totally convinced that he did it himself. He's like, I told you, you wish enough stuff happened. I quickly bark, Corin! Try to get through to him. He like freezes in his tracks. Put the girl down. You're gonna lose your cinnamon rolls. Okay, he 
put he puts Rylene down. Like, sorry. Not a dragon. It it's all good. It, it it's it's all good, and we'll get a good laugh out of it now in two or three days when we turn it into a wonderful story. We'll get many many years of laughter out of it. Thank you. So Corin will let Rylene lead him back to the yes. table to everyone else. Have, having having a younger brother like Yan, Anton, she's used to helping out those in need of help. As Corin sits down, he kind of like blushes, like I, I'm sorry, I, I overreacted. Sorry. She pats his hand. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. It'll make a great story. It's all good. And, you know, Anton, you know, kind of like, yeah, so wasn't my puppet cool? Actually, I guess he did get the bang for the buck that he was looking for out of it. So, yeah, he's like, I'm going to put this away and I'm going to write about my diary, Dad. Uh, you you go do that, Anton. Go ahead. Go. Anton scurries from the room. Um, back to back to the, the, the subject. Uh, this this was this was what? two nights ago three nights ago it was about two nights ago okay i'm i'm trying to make sense was is it in the timeline where, where i would have seen seen uh the elf ranger and the clerics before them or after them before them about you know probably half a week ahead of you know this they had been kind of going off into the hills and the, the woods to the south looking for this grove that they had told you about and you know the 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 dream that marcus had told you about there was a wooden angel that he was seeking there yeah they kind of knew the area you had kind of known it a little bit too but you know it was vague enough that you could give them a small area to triangulate that took them a few days so they didn't make a lot of distance but when marcus had gotten back up to the party he had been running for a good chunk of the day um, to get up to where they were I'm, i'm just trying to wonder if i may inadvertently cause the trouble that they've experienced rather than prevented it um. No, you didn't know much about the legends you know, because Orc Wars and some of the other invading tribes that had come into the area you know, the over the last two centuries changed a lot of hands so that some of the stories have kind of faded into Mid-morning. myth and that yeah, everybody knows there's these groves out there. Not many people knew anything about you know, these seals um, that were in them but that just everybody knew that the religion here is tied around nature and these, these groves of trees. Um, and they're different for each area that they you know, are in. Okay. So that's about all you would have known is that, yeah, okay, there might, you know, there's a rumor to be one somewhere in this area. It's, it's more my concern that uh, if I may have inadvertently put harm in these people's way and whether there's something I then need to do to help address that or atone for it, uh, maybe either guide them further on or making sure that they somehow remain safe. In 1998, I took some improvisation classes at Comedy Sports DC, which at the time was located in Arlington, Virginia. 
One of the things I didn't realize at the time is they really weren't teaching me how to be funny as much as they were teaching me how to collaborate with people around the idea of being funny. We were learning team building. That's one of the things that really has attracted me in my adult life to things like D&D and scouting is that we're really building teams to do things that are pretty awesome. We have some fun along the way, but we're also building those relationships. So let's get out there and build some awesome teams. Leaders and Legacies is a 5e podcast that is unaffiliated with the Boy Scouts of America or Wizards of the Coast. The opinions expressed here are solely our own. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here at Leaders and Legacies, please consider becoming a patron by joining us at patreon.com slash leadersandlegacies. You can also follow us on Twitter at Leader and Legacy or join our blog at leadersandlegacies.com. Music and sound effects are licensed from soundstripe.com. Logo art by Katherine Evans. Images also may have been licensed from shutterstock.com. Check out these and many other amazing businesses by listening to us here on Leaders and Legacy. And never forget to remember... Hey, Seth just got on. I thought it was past your bedtime. <laughs>